Cast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Jennifer Helene to the show today. Jennifer is an international entrepreneur for over two decades. Her expertise is in nutrition and behavioral change. She builds teams and creates methodologies that conceive innovation before circumstances demand it. She leads end-to-end marketing programs by developing and evolving a variety of lifestyle brands through strategy and direct content designed across all marketing touch points like video, email, social, blog, advertising, community websites, events, etc. Jennifer leads several online educational programs by developing innovative content strategies for learning management systems. She directs, designs, schedules, budgets, and directs her sales staff to scale systems globally. And she represents a variety of programs as a presenter and evangelist. Jennifer Helene develops training methodologies for a myriad of lifestyle medicine protocols and conducts profitable, immersive coaching, training, marketing, and mentoring programs. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting Jennifer Helene to the show. Thanks so much. (laughs) It's a pleasure having you on. It's something that I've been looking forward to for quite some time and we coordinate our schedule to get this to do. But I want to ask you, in terms of your background, how did you become entrepreneurial and what was your greatest obstacle to going out on your own? Mm. Well, it's interesting because I started out entrepreneurial. I was literally packing my bags to go to college and this headhunter, well, not headhunter, but she worked for this modeling agency for plus size modeling. She was the head of the division. I don't know how she found me because I lived in Northern Virginia. She was in New York city. 
and said, Helene, why don't you come up to New York and give it a try? And I thought, you know, modeling, like that's a joke. That's not, that's not a real career. I'm going to go to college. Like that's real. You know, modeling is yeah. not real, but she told me, give it two weeks and see how you do, you know, see how you like it. And it was exciting and it was confronting and it was, I was successful. And so I just decided, I said, I'll give it a year. And so I could deferred my admission for a year, deferred my admission for the second year. And I was traveling all over the world and I was making money and it was just like really exciting. So I feel like I literally graduated from high school and then went to New York city, hit the ground running. And, and, but mind you, I was raised by two entrepreneurs. So for me, like going into like nine to five, really wasn't in my realm of reality because I just didn't, it just, I didn't eat it and breathe it and, and live it. My uncle was an entrepreneur, you know, like everybody in my surroundings just was in business for themselves. So it was yeah, the idea of getting a job actually and working for somebody else is more like the, the discomfort for me at this time in my life, because I, I feel so capable and I feel I have what it takes, you know, to, to do it. And I love working in collaboration with others, but I don't know about that whole nine to five thing. I think it's exciting when I can have someone, an entrepreneurial spirit, come on the show and discuss it. And from your vantage point, it sounds like it's just your, it was your paradigm to begin with because of your upbringing. You just, you didn't have the nine to five glasses on. You're like, I don't even know what those are. Uh, I'd rather just keep my glasses and do my thing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, that sounds exciting. <laughs> it is. But like my sister, who is totally nine to five, she's just like, you know, you can never really take a vacation. You know, you never really take off on the weekend. She's like, you know, you really shouldn't be working. It's after seven. You know And I'm like? Well, you know, I love what I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What do you consider in your own background that's, that's motivated you to pursue having a healthy lifestyle and, and presenting it as part of your brand? Well, really, Zach, it's all about freedom. And when I say that, it's multifaceted, multidimensional. Because freedom in my mind and freedom in my heart, freedom in my soul are definitely, it's definitely a mindset, but it's also physiologically embedded and imprinted. And I was really sick as a kid. I had this rare bone infection, bone marrow infection. So I was in a wheelchair for a few years. There was just a lot of sickness around me as a kid. And I, I realized really young that without your health, you really don't have anything. You just can't have fun. You can't be free. You can't enjoy life. You can't get to the bathroom. You can't get to school. You can't play. You know, it's just, it's really, it's really, I really didn't take it for advantage. Um, my mom ended up dying early and there were all these events in my life where I was shown that health is a priority and that health creates freedom. And there's actually discipline inside of that, that also equates freedom. The healthier I got, the more free I felt. And, and also there's this, this channel of light, you know, cause when you're eating a lot of plant-based foods and healthy foods, you're eating light captured in leaves as phytonutrients. I love that. <laughs> and then you open up your body to be able to receive more light and more information and, and higher states of consciousness, you increase your vibrational frequency. And so health for me is just, it keeps revealing itself to me as, as how important it is, not only for myself, but everyone I think about, everyone I touch, everyone in my sphere, which is everyone, because we're all one. And so it's not just for me, it's for everything all the time. And so that's driven me to see a lot of suffering, right? The more clarity I get, the more I can see. And then the more I want to help. 
And I know that it's not only about nutrition, it's not only about health, but I know that that's a really important building block. And oftentimes life will call out to us right there at that pain, cause pain there, cause a breakdown there to bring our attention to like, oh, I have to do something differently. Oh, I have to wake up. And once you wake up, you can never go back to sleep. That's the good news and the bad news. <laughs> I'll say this to you. As you're talking right now, your energy exudes clarity. You're, you're in a very clear place right now and you've gotten to some decisions in your life that your clarity is coming from right now. And I feel like it's going to be very successful for you. So just know that because as you're talking to me, you're talking about certain spiritual things and I could feel the energy and your energy is very clear. It means like you, you've kind of made a lot of decisive things and you had to go through things and kind of get through the thick of it in order to get to where you are right now. So you're not going to go through more thorny areas or, or painful areas. You got a lot of healing you've done and it shows. And so going forward, you got good stuff ahead. I feel just to Thank let you know. Thank you. I know you're open to it. So that's why I'm sharing that with you. Oh, I so appreciate it. So it's such confirmation because, you know, like as you get older and things don't work out, you get jaded, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to be that hopeless, you know, jaded woman who's over 40 because there's so many of us out here. And I'm like, I don't want to be 45. I'm okay with it. (laughs) Right. Being 40 is like, it's great. No, it's great. But I just don't want to be hopeless and jaded at 40. Like I want to be hopeful. And it's like, I want like the whole, the frontier of my life and my greatness to be like on the threshold of that you know, instead of like that hopeless dark pit of like sorrow and despair. (laughs) I can speak with a spiritual person too, someone who's very spiritually connected. So you're not going to have some disconnects. Like I know it's like when you're trying to be in a relationship with someone and you're very spiritually focused and they may not be as much. And there's like a a tension that's under the surface because you want to be yourself, but you don't want to dim your light for the other person who's not as in in tuned. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's challenging. And that's exhausting too. Cause you gotta, you gotta like dim your light for someone else. And you know what? You're spiritual. I can see it in your energy and you're meant to do spiritual things. So the person you wind up with needs to understand that and respect it and see it from the same point of view. Oh, thank you for that. I guess I have not chosen that in the past. And I do see that that is on the horizon. It just creates a tension. Well, and I think a lot of relationships, romantic or otherwise, are about being understood. And there's a lot at play when you are an embodied spiritual being and and <laughs> you can't avoid it, right? It's like, it's just who you are. That synchronicity is just like pure magic. And I need that in my life for inspiration and validation and just existence. Put it this way. If you get opportunities about going to different like retreats <laughs> that have to do with spiritual things, I'd say go on a few retreats. You might enjoy them. Nice. There's one next weekend I really want to go on. Yeah, it might be that. Re- <laughs> it might be that coming up that soon. Sh- that soon, or some other time shortly thereafter. But I feel like you'll have an opportunity with that. So, thank you. I want to ask you this: What has been your greatest obstacle in the last five years? Oh, and why? Sorry. My greatest obstacles in the last five years. There have been a lot. Um, let me see what comes up. Um, so my daughter, my daughter's, you know, is a teenager and she's gone through some some really tough times. That's that's been one of my biggest obstacles, and the solution to that was shocking. Couldn't believe it. But and and I'll, I'll tell you about it. But that's one really really big obstacle. Another obstacle has been just ending my my last relationship. It seems like whenever I end a relationship, it's like volatile and dangerous and like, you know, it's just scary. That's what happened in the last five years, which was great, but also like challenging. And I would say like my professional growth, I feel has been, you know, kind of stunted. Those are three things in the last five years that have been really, really challenging. What have you 
found for yourself that you are able to channel within yourself to get past these obstacles. And if you could share that with our audience, like I'll give you an example. When I had my little fire thing the other day, I had to get outside after it ended. I got in the car. I went along the water. I saw a rainbow. I got out. out I, my grandfather's spirit came to me and reinforced that I'm on the right path in life. It's his anniversary of his death that day. It's my nephew's birthday that day. Wow. My address is 812. A lot of crazy things all happen with synchronicity that day. So this fire happens. As we were talking about before we started doing this, like, being in Florida about air conditioning in August during like a tropical storm coming is like most people would be like, are you crazy? Or like, you know, but I'm like, you know what? I'm embracing life because I have a temporary AC unit and it works perfectly. And I'm just I'm the, the mindset. It's all about mindset, you know, how you approach it. And I, I know my mindset is going to be awesome going forward. because I'm going to probably get a new AC and, you know, life will be good. And uh, but my and sharing all that with you, I want to ask you, how do you do your own mindset? How do you deal with difficulties in your mind like what type of steps do you take when you're dealing with either your daughter you know when you, a thought pops in your head about your daughter or something difficult from the past or a thought will pop in about your ex and you think of that moment what do you do to get outside of that oh jason so many things <laughs> so i'm kind of obsessed about this topic because this is also the key to freedom is being able to have skills in your in your toolbox and I actually created a whole framework around it. I call it emotional stamina and I'll share it with you, but I also want to share like the, there's an adjunct to it that I practice now, which is a little bit edgy and I haven't like launched this into the world yet, but so emotional stamina it is really simple. It's acknowledge, accept, and let go. Right. So it sounds simple, but the first thing is like, oftentimes when I'm like in a, when I'm really upset, I can be, or any of us will get overwhelmed. You know, it's like, anger, frustration, like hope, you know, not hopelessness, but like, um, oh, like no control, you know, like, I don't want this to happen, but I can't stop it from happening. And you can see it. And it's like, ah, uh. but if you can acknowledge it, it helps you get out of the overwhelm, right? It helps you become the seer of the scene. It helps you to like, you know, step out of, you know, this identifying with your thoughts as things, thoughts as you, because you yes. are not your thoughts, right? So take some distance to be able to acknowledge it. That's step one. That's definitely something I practice. And that's almost the, that's almost the easiest thing for me now. It didn't used to be because I was so caught up in it. And then you have to be careful. I have to be careful because I won't, I don't want to get hooked in a story of a blame game or a victim, <laughs> you know? So they yeah. got to acknowledge it and just be like, okay, this is what is. And oftentimes there's like a lot of shame wrapped up in that for me because it's like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that way. I should be happy. I should be grateful. I should be. <laughs> and the second step would be to accept it. And so that in itself has been something I've had to really practice. Cause I always say your daily practice is your strongest medicine. And, and I'm not like at a hundred percent batting average on that acceptance piece, but I try like progressively, like as I work through some of these bigger, those three big things that I, I identified, like it's gotten easier for me to accept it. Like, okay, this is what is, cause there's usually a lot of resistance. That's why I'm upset about it. Right. So if I can remove the resistance and I can accept more, if I can forgive myself, if I can forgive them or whatever needs to be needs to happen so hard order. sometimes isn't it it's just so yeah. hard to forgive especially when you don't understand the reason something happens like if someone ghosts you for example or you're trying to date them or if you're i've had friends that happen to it happened to me actually too it's happened it's like, me too yeah it's like you question like how does that work because my mind doesn't work that way like i'm very expressive and i'll share yeah. everything about like what i'm when i'm trying to connect with somebody if, it, if it's not going to work i'll tell them 
in a, in, a, in a respectful way, like, hey, it's not working out. Like, yeah, yeah, but people like get paralyzed, you know. And then when you were able to accept, like, to the extent at which you're able to accept, then that's directly correlated to how I'm able to let go. So, like, if I can accept like 70 percent, which is kind of easy for me, but that's seventy to ninety. <laughs> Sometimes that's a little deeper. And then the letting go process as well, like how much there's like a gripping, you know, and then there's like a letting go, and then there's a completion in that. So that's the process. But I find that actually this movement practice that I have is really powerful too, because oftentimes the upset or the challenge will live in my body somewhere. And it may be attached to something that maybe isn't even mine. It's an imprint from my childhood, from my ancestors, from another entity. I don't know. So it's in my field, it's in my body. And then I find that if I'm able to move in my embodiment practice of like dance or yoga or swimming or being active. Yeah. Like I can, identify, I can, but it's gotta be emotionally engaged. Okay. It's, and that's like music, like loud music. All the How about if you go, music. what if you go walking and you're, you listen to music and you're enjoying your music while you're walking on the water and exactly something like that. Yes. And like, really like, they, like, like, like fully immersed, like tethered to the vibration of the sound. I love that because healing is sound. Sound is healing. Music's healing modality coupled with movement. I get it. And then you could use the imagery in your mind and you can work towards it's powerful. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm like, basically just, this is the simplest thing. And it's the easiest thing. And after all that stuff I just described, this is like what ends up happening. I'm worried about something. And then I just have to like envision it. And I say, okay, God, take it, do your magic. Okay. God, take it, do your magic. Because I don't know my tiny little brain. I can't, it's not. I can compartmentalize negative thoughts or negative things, or you can't do this, or you're not going to, you know, what I do, I put them in a box in my mm. mind and then I put it on a shelf in my mind and I say, it stays there. Let it stay there. I'm doing my thing. I had to do that when I had my cancer diagnosis a couple of years ago for a few months. I had to work through that. Best way I worked through it is it went in a box. And so during the day I'd be my normal life. And I think sometimes when you can compartmentalize something, an unpleasant thought or a negative thought or something that might bother you, I'm not saying hide it away. I'm saying, but you put it in, a, in an area where you can revisit if you need to at the right time. Yeah, I definitely do that. And I've done it. I used to do it, not, not take the box off the shelf. And then I had some issues going on because I couldn't see stuff that was going, that was happening. It was actually in, in, impairing my vision. I don't mean like my actual vision, like my ability yeah. to see clearly, but honestly, most of my life I've bypassed. I'm like a, I'm a world-class bypasser, right? I've really gotten to the bottom of this the last three years, but like, I would go over it. I would go under it, go around it. <laughs> around it. Like, oh yeah. I mean like, but now I, Not feel, through I, it. I know the power is going through it. And that's where this emotional stamina framework came from because like I was leaving my body, like I was doing everything imaginable to like not go through it, but that's not, that's not okay. And then the compartmentalization was a commitment I made two years ago. Like I'm no longer going to compartmentalize. I want to be integrated, but man, that was a Pandora's box. I opened it up and it was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> so much stuff. So many people talk about this and I want to see what your viewpoint is. Yeah. Everybody I've been talking to is spiritual, has their own coaching business or they're a psychic or they're intuitive healer. A lot of people have said that in the last two years, the true rawness of everything around them, with relationships, everything's just coming to the surface, forcing people to have to really like confront whatever it is in their relationships with others or within themselves or any obstacles. I want to see if, you, if you've experienced that as well, that you yeah. feel like because of the pandemic and having to spend a lot of time on our own by ourselves or working through stuff from the past. I, don't, I mean, a pandemic or no pandemic. I mean, 
I mean, something was going to happen to create that phenomena of like, yes. you know, it's got to burn down, you know, <laughs> whatever is not serving your highest good is going to burn down. Next time I have something that's in my head that I'm like, it's not serving the higher good. It's got to burn down. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I mean, that's like what I see in my mind's eyes, like the Phoenix rising, you know <laughs> what I mean? And and she's, she or he, it's rising and, you know, it's burning, right? Even Icarus, right? Right. Same same kind of thing in, in the Greek method in mythology. It's how it's happening. Everything like education, government, health, relationships, parenting, like, you know, everything is like becoming, yeah, really real. And it was the it could, would have been something if it wasn't the pandemic, but it's time on this planet now for this. I feel like it's like shedding the skin. It's not going to feel comfortable sometimes. No. But we're able to do it. And when we get to the other side of it, we'll appreciate it. And that's why we have to trust. And that's why that handing over thing. I don't know how people do it without a higher power. I really don't. Because at the end of the day, I don't really, I'm not in control. I don't, I don't really know. I think I know, but I, I don't I pray know. a lot. <laughs> I pray a lot to, to, to a higher power that exists out there. I'm like, thank you, God. Yeah, me too. A lot. Let me ask you this. And I know we've talked about fitness earlier, but I, and I've known from my vantage point, I've struggled in the past. I finally have gotten my fitness in better control because of, you know, going walking regularly, eating healthier, intermittent fasting, my own little strategies I do. Cool. How would you recommend to our audience if they're struggling with their own fitness routine exercise idea, as you want to call it? Some people don't want to use the term exercise too broadly. Right. And like, how do you, how do you get someone who's not as motivated to connect themselves to a healthier physical lifestyle to adopting one and, and actually looking forward to doing it? Yeah. Great question. Cause if you're not active, it's confronting, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, how do I get from here to there? So first of all, it has to be fun. We kind of forget to play as adults. You know, like just really, you know, what we used to do as kids, you watch kids play, they're having so much fun. They're dancing, they're a backyard with a couple of trees is like Disney World when you're like, right. right? <laughs> so like we, we think of play now as adults as like drinking alcohol and I don't know, having sex. But that, I mean, yeah, those may be fun for people, but like, what is fun? That's maybe not that, you know, eating, eating. There's like, these are, they're, they're pleasures. Great. I get that. They're all fun. But like, what else can you do? That's fun and playful. Like maybe it means partnership. Like a lot of women love to walk together. So instead of having tea with somebody, go for a slow, you know, flat walk, um, start somewhere. So I really want to say start somewhere. And that can mean like parking a little further away from the grocery store entrance. Yes. When you go to get groceries, like it can mean what every time you go up the stairs, you go back down and then back up. It can mean like you sit down on the couch and you actually commit to getting up and down 10 times before you actually sit down. So it can be like small things um, that you do incrementally and that you're not hard on yourself because essentially exercise is the ultimate resilience training. You get to feel in the physical realm what it's like to build and change and it's uncomfortable when you feel the muscle burn, it's actually uncomfortable, but that is the literal translation of what's happening. You're changing your muscle, like your shoulder or your quadriceps or whatever it is. So it's really important to 
get comfortable getting uncomfortable. Like when your breath gets short, you know, when you're running or walking, you know, you, you, that's uncomfortable, but you're actually expanding. You're finding your edge when you feel a little discomfort and you're expanding it. So I'm not suggesting you hurt yourself or you go into aggression, right. But, but like find out where your edge is and come up against it every day a little bit, because it's, it's your, it's going to train you to become wildly resilient. And I mean, if you're not exercising, you're dying a slow death. I mean, it's, it's proven by research. I mean, you've got depression, you've got ADHD, you've got Alzheimer's disease, you've got cancer, like all these things, even COVID. There's a research study that came out from Kaiser Permanente. 50,000 people were in the study. Your, your ability to, to resist COVID-19 is like substantially reduced, like over 40% reduced if you're exercising. So for your immune system, for your vitality, for your longevity, for everything, like we have to move, but it doesn't have to be, you know, extreme, you know, you can go out in the garden, you know, do some weed pulling. Yeah. It's hard with this COVID stuff, you know, cause it's still at such a nascent stage, right. That we know where the research is and one thing comes out. And I think logically, if you're healthier, you're going to have a better immunity to something, even if it's yeah. not in the system normally. Right. Totally. I'll ask you this, looking at your own background and everything that you've done to date, what's been the fit, your favorite thing that you've done so far for yourself that you don't usually talk about during an interview, but that it, it's something that you, you really can attribute as something that you know you are committed to improving self-love in your life and improving your relationships with others? Like, Has there been anything that you've done in the last five years or that's guided you to, to see that this is a pivotal moment in your life, that you're committed to self-love, improving self-love in your life and, and improving your connections with others in your life. Well, it's funny. The first part of your question had me think of like epic things that have happened throughout my life. And then the second part led me to more a more specific example. And it's really been my daughter. I am clear now after 16 years that our children and their problems are the ultimate expression of our unexpressed subconscious patterns that need to be cleared and healed. That's big. I had no idea being a parent would be this much responsibility. It's enormous. And it's so revealing to see when something's out of order. And a lot of parents would disagree with me maybe because they don't want to take it on or they're unwilling to see or they disagree, which is fine. But I notice that when I do my healing, that it's healing, not just me, but it's healing like the lineage. It's good because you're connected. Love's connecting yeah. you as an umbilical cord, right? So if you increase your own self-love or your own realizations and acknowledge things, and then it can, it can help repair a relationship with a daughter or a mother or a parent or someone else, best friend. Yeah. And so like she was having some stuff going on with her eating and, and I had to really take a close look and it's challenging because you can't see what you can't see, but the child happens to be there to show you. And it's not pretty. It's not pleasant. You know, when it, when it is, it is, but when it's not, it's not. <laughs> and I had to really, really take a look like what is going on. And there was like, this all this deep shame that I had to heal and as I did my healing, you know, she lost like a hundred pounds over COVID. That's big. And so that helped to deepen my, my self-love. And I didn't even know that I had that shame going on. And it was like, I was rejecting her, but I was actually just rejecting me. 
how does it feel when you have that realization and then you start acting differently because of it? You start appreciating the situation. Well, I just felt so grateful. And I felt so humble. I felt so powerful too. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this life is so connected to me. So I was like, wow, this is really big. I was going to ask you, how's your relationship ever since that realization and moving forward? It's so much better. It's so much better. I mean, she's kind of crossing some boundaries as of yesterday. So we're in a little, we're in a little tangle right now, but uh, (laughs) up until yesterday, everything was amazing. (laughs) We had this open communication and this heart connection and it was like really beautiful, but I'm still her mom and she's still a teenager. And she's like, oh, well, I think I want to do this. And I think I want to do that. And, you know. You have no say. And I'm like, well, actually I do. <laughs> so she? She's 16. She's oh yeah. Classic middle of that stage age. I know she's yeah. perfect. It's just, I'm just, you know, still a mom. <laughs> Understand from your perspective, what do you think is one of the most impactful things you do on your daily routine that helps you with keeping your habits in check wherever you want your habits to go? The most impactful thing, I know this is going to sound really funny, but it's like, honestly, making sure you've got the right fuel. Planning and preparation is key. So if you don't have the right fuel, you're, you're screwing yourself. Excuse my frankness, but that's really, really big I'm kind of preparing. So like before this interview, like I, I made sure I had my green juice cause I hadn't had it today. And I'm like, I'm going to be like, not feeling good, you know, and make, just making sure you have your fuel the, and the, that, cause you're going to get hungry, just like the clouds come in the sky the sun rises and sets hunger's going to come. So you got to be prepared. And I think also carving out time, just like I do, you know, with any appointment, like this appointment today or any appointment, like carve out the time for your exercise and your meditation or whatever it is that's going to, you know, help you. Uh, to me, those two things are really key. So I think creating the time in your day is going to determine the quality of your being and the quality of your energy. So that's, that's some of those things I do. And I'll wake up at four or 5 AM if I need to, but it's, it's gotta happen. And if it doesn't, you know, you're, you and everyone else, your business, your kids, your life, your, your profession, everything is going to pay the price because you're not going to be at the top of your game. Now we, of course you need sleep, right? So sleep is important, (laughs) Um, but you just got to be really honest. And I think if I could summarize it into one thing, it's about just being honest, honest with your values, your priorities, honest with what you're committed to in life, and then aligning your actions with your word, you know, and your thought. And that is integrity, right? Gandhi said that was the, that's how he defined integrity, thought, word, and action in alignment. If one of those things is out of alignment, like just not going to have that. Like you talked about that incredible synchronicity, the rainbow, the confirmations. I mean, I mean, I live for that stuff, you know, and that stuff just happens all the time when you're in alignment. I was just giving a reading right before our interview. And during my reading, my, my client was struggling to try to, she's grieving something, some you know, loss of pet, loss of relatives at the same time with this last year. And I, I just was explaining synchronicity as a means that our loved ones communicate with us. You know, the spiritual realm can communicate with us through synchronicity. And I was explaining it to her. And the rainbow example for me was the most recent, but other, other ways it happens is as easy as the time of day. If you're thinking about somebody who's deceased or even someone you're connected to on earth, you might have a soul connect somebody. You look at the clock and it's three, 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 guess what? That's synchronicity. It doesn't take an act of God to create that synchronicity. It's, it's an act of spirit. And it could be something like the time of day or a song popping in your head or song on the radio or a bird being sent to you or a feather on the ground, a penny on the ground. It, it takes all shapes. It does. And we have to slow down enough to pay attention to it. 
You're right about that. And and yeah. that t- that's what takes a lot for somebody sometimes is to be able to see or appreciate is that you can communicate with the other side, but it requires just being able to just quiet the mind and free yourself from your ego. Yeah. And not disbelieve whatever it is you get. Yeah. And sometimes I have to ask for a sign. And then so I'm like more, somehow my awareness is more heightened because I've asked for it. I don't know if that makes sense, but oh yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, let me yeah. a, a good example. If I was to say you're breathing right now, you wouldn't be paying attention to the breathing, and anyone in our audience wouldn't be paying attention to it unless I said you're breathing right now. Now you know you're breathing, you can feel yeah. your breath, right? Yeah. Spirituality is the same way. You don't always pay attention to the spiritual aspects of your existence until someone brings it to your attention. Mm. Yeah, I can't avoid it. I <laughs> but you're right, that's normally the way it is. What do you find? is most enjoyable about coaching others? Mm. Aha moments. When I can ask a question and they have a realization, I call that an aha moment, you know, when they've a- they're able to see themselves more clearly, more truthfully, but from a place too, of I love love and tenderness, you know, not from a place of you're wrong and I'm right. Right. Which would be a power struggle. So that that's really, I, I, I there's not much more that delights me than that moment, that aha moment. And and I just love it. And I'm really good at it. And I just, I can't really get enough of it. <laughs> it makes me so. Do you feel like when you work with somebody, something flips a switch and they change over time that you can see that improved momentum from the efforts of your coaching? Absolutely. And that's very gratifying when you can help someone and show them a certain skill set or, or a concept or a perspective and that that can get that person through that part of their struggle yeah absolutely i mean most people come in and they're like well there's no time or there's no money or there's you know they have like the very specific context that they are convinced you know are, are the reason why they're limited and it's it's so much fun to to turn that around and then create this fundamental shift internally to you know empower them it's really beautiful work. I love it. It can be frustrating sometimes, you know, when they're not willing or ready, right? But they usually they're not in my, they don't come to me until they are. That's usually what I find. They used to, they used to come to me before they were ready, but that's changed. I've changed, I guess. What was, what was the most challenging thing for you to get your name out there as a, as a coach? Maybe it's still challenging, you know, because there's, there's a lot of people in the space. It's still challenging. I mean, I, that's, and it, I never feel like I'm really doing enough. You know what I find challenging? I'll tell you this. Maybe you can agree with it. I don't know. Just me. I go on social media and I have my social media accounts for my show and for my psychic stuff. And I find it challenging to understand algorithms, <laughs> to understand interactive things with SEO. That's all over my head. Like if I had hair, it would hit my hair when I did this, but it's way over my head. <laughs> So I, I defer to others to do that for me when I can. But I want to ask you, like, what do you, how do you find with the, the, new, the new digital age we live in when you're an entrepreneur, right? And you're, and you're, you love what you do, but you love doing what you do. You don't love doing what you don't know, right? Like trying to market yourself or have to use SEO terms or algorithm postings or, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're more tuned to that than I am. But I was asking, no. like, how do you, how do you navigate all those areas? Is that something that you just, you'll refer it out to somebody else or you'll consult with somebody. That's what I usually do to make it. The game is changing. I mean, and I don't, I, sometimes I, I try not to get too stuck in my, 
intellectual constructs around this because I have a really strong mind and I know that belief is is a huge influencer on on you know what reality ends up showing me. So I know that there's also the possibility of miracles, right? Of happening. Like, you know, you don't necessarily need the algorithms and all that stuff. Like you just need the right strategic collaborations, the right person to endorse you, the right partnerships, right? I know that that's actually the magic to be seen and known at a time that was, you know, previously unknown. You know, like for example, like you walk into a restaurant and then you meet somebody, you get into an elevator at the same time as somebody else. Like all that stuff's been happening to me my whole life. And so I still know that that is possible, even in this internet world. But like to go, to think about scaling and to think about impact and to think about this, but yeah, so now it's like play to pay in in, in one kind of intellectual construct inside of one story, right? It's pay to play. And when I say that, I mean, you need, if you, I mean, to me doing it right looks like copywriter, graphic designer, web developer, and then of course your data analytics. And then of course, then you need a branding strategist to like tie all that together. So that, that that's a proper team. And that is, comes at a price point. And then that, and then above that, you've got your, your advertising spend, right? So, so I mean, to me to do it right, that's how it looks. And it's, you know, eight grand or more. And then you can need the PR person. Right. And then you need, it's like, so I mean, like the ladder of cost, (laughs) but I mean, you go, but if you're bringing in 200, you got to invest in yourself. There's 100 K a a month. Yeah. I mean, if you're bringing, if you're bringing in enough, then you, that would make a lot of sense to be generating content and then to be, you know, and then, you know, it's his own animal when you're just starting out. It's like, how do you get, you know, there? And I think that deciding what your superpower is, because maybe you've got a lot of them, but really understanding who you are and like where your genius is, how you help people uniquely, like what is your imprint in your voice and your energy in, in, in everything that you do, what you create. I think that's really important. I create transformation isn't specific enough. Like I think as coaches, we have to be really specific. Like where is your, and it's unique. Only you have it. That's for sure. And you do it better than anyone else. And then you have to be courageous enough to like speak about that. Not about what society wants you to be. Like maybe you want to be a sex coach. You're like, oh, I don't know if my dad will approve, you know, but whatever, like maybe that's what you're really good at helping people with breakthroughs in their sexual energy or whatever it is. You got to find it. And then you've got to be courageous enough to to like speak out about it as much and with as many people (laughs) as you can. And it's not like you go to networking events anymore. That's a great point you raised because even when I did the psychic thing going out to do that, you know, to, to be a psychic, I didn't know how to market myself as a psychic. I just kind of, I was lucky. I had some people that marketed it for me, basically. They gave me clients and they said, show up in my shop and I'll, I'll give you people you can read. And I, that's how it started for me. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to do that or have the right person say the right things to you. Like, you could do this. You could do this. Yeah. And it's just like having that. And that's what coaching is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, coaching is somebody saying to you, you could do this. You could do this. And that's why when you look at professional athletes, they have an amazing team of coaches and usually yeah. the ones where they are the gymnasts or, yeah. you know, that's why I think life coaching could be helping people optimally doing what they should do in their own lives and their own goals and overseeing sure. barriers. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you can do this and I'm not going to believe your limiting story and I'm not going to believe your excuses. So it's like one of my nicknames is gutless guru because, you know, I'm like really direct audaciously direct and to the point, you know, and it's like, you know, but it's out of love, you know, it's not like I'm trying to be mean. It's just like, okay, you you know, you don't have time to exercise. Sorry. I don't believe you. You got to make time. (laughs) (laughs) How about you take yourself off the couch for about a half hour and turn off the remote 
and get on the floor and do some push-ups and sit-ups <laughs> or stretch or go walk. Yeah. But it's gotta right? be fun. So be fun. whatever that fun. means, you know, <laughs> let me ask you this. If somebody in the audience wanted to become a, a life coach, how would you recommend they go about doing that? Well, it's really important to get trained. I thought that everybody could be a coach just without any training. And I, I actually disagree with that now. I think you really need proper training. You need to understand how to co-create. And at some point, the magic in coaching is, is, is not knowing, is, is that curiosity. But you've got to be able to get your own stuff out of the way. And that's why the tr a good training course is going to help you get your own stuff out of the way, teach you how to be curious about the other person without advising counseling, teaching, you know, like to be a good coach, it's really just creating a, a clear space and then knowing and practicing the art of questioning powerful, open-ended questions. And so it, it is a process and you feel really lost in, inside of it. And that's actually when you know you're in a great spot, but it's scary because it's the unknown. So navigating the unknown is part of coaching. And so you should go to a really, I, I believe ontological coaching is the best kind and ontological, can you explain that further for the audience? In case I know it's like a confusing term. I believe ontological is, you know, uh, the study of the way of being. Okay. So how your being is coming from your intentions, from your emotions, and from, of course, your contextual imprints of, you know, how you see the world. And that's my definition, but it's also a spiritual thing. Ontological is also a spiritual thing. How would you define ontological? I haven't really thought of that term before. For me, spirituality is, is, is rooted in, within oneself, but it's also based on your connection to your higher power, but your understanding of things. So that's how I look at it. So for coaching purposes, I think what a coach does is help someone reach their potential by getting the obstacles cleared out of the way to help the person see the big picture. Right. And I think you help bring that into focus. And that's why for, from my vantage point, one of the things I started doing with my show is raising mental health awareness. Right. Nice. I think mental health awareness is pivotal. And I think coaching is, a, is, is an element of mental health awareness. Cause if you're in my audience right now and you're lost about something, I'm going to say, why stay lost? <laughs> if you could talk to someone that can help you find whatever it is you're looking for within yourself, it's worth the investment if you could do so. Yeah. And there's a delineation, like, you know, between therapy and coaching, like if you're clinically depressed, you definitely need a psychologist or psychiatrist. You know, if you have um, like some massive trauma, sexual molestation, or been a vet, you know, if you have that like legitimate trauma, which I didn't even realize, like even just being cheated on is trauma. You know, I, I was like, oh no, that's nothing. I mean, I, you know, compared to blah, blah, blah. No, we all have trauma and it's all in a different gradient, right? On a scale yeah. of one to a hundred. So there are times when we really need the help, but psychologists, like psychologists and psychiatrists are oftentimes looking at the present moment and then working on the past to heal the past. Whereas a coach is really looking at the present moment and, and, and helping into the future. We're not going to be equipped to really help you resolve past traumas. Most coach training programs won't equip you with that. So there's some confusion around that, but I just want to say, sometimes I have a client and I will only work with them if they're also working with a psychiatrist or a psychologist, um, because I know that my skill set is going to fall short in areas and they're not going to move forward. I love that, that you rate, you know, it's, 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 it's incredibly important that you raise that point. I will say this, even for people coming to me for readings, if I find that they're really in deep grief, I'll be like, Hey, look, before we do our reading, even though it's for entertainment purposes only, 
uh, you need to see a counselor or, or get your, you know, get yourself feel better there before you come to me. Cause it's not gonna be any value at all. Mm, yeah. If I find the client isn't moving forward, I, I do end, I, I'll end the relationship temporarily. And I said, I refer them to somebody because I know it's ethically that, the right thing to do. Yeah. It's the right thing to do ethically. I think you have a point uh, to do that is at, but, at that stage. And we need each other, you know, like either you hire a coach or you find a friend who can reflect back to you from a place of love, you know, but we all need each other. Like you look at the most famous behavioral change methodologies as AA and Weight Watchers. Yeah. And it's because you have a sponsor, you know, because you have a, a leader, you have, you have to go to the meetings, you got to show up and you have a community. That's what we're meant to do. And especially around grief in our culture, grief is like, it's so lonely and it's supposed to be behind closed doors. That's not the way most cultures grieve. Like they hold each other and they wail and cry and they dance and they, and they, they grieve fully. You it's know, I think so. And I'm really, there's so much opportunity in this country to embrace grief in a different way. I mean, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's not pretty or it's not pleasant, but I mean, you can't pretend it doesn't exist and you can't skip steps and it takes its own time. <laughs> You know, it just does. So grief is a really interesting topic, especially during COVID-19 because a lot of us have lost, you know, little and big things, you know, jobs and homes and uh, lives and marriages. And I mean, loved ones. I mean, it just goes on and on. There's so much grief so much. right now um, on the planet. It's really big. How do you think as a planet, this might be a macro question. How do you think as a planet, we could address these issues better, the grief and the transitions that are occurring right now in so many aspects of our lives that we don't have control over, but we know we can at least try to make sense of things in our minds first off. Yeah. I think, I think really acknowledging what's up, like what's in the space. Like, I think we get so busy and distracted with like the news and Netflix and our phones. Like I think it's really important that we tune in. I, I work with a lot with women and I ask them how they're doing. They have no idea. <laughs> they don't know what's in their field. They don't know what's in their minds. They don't know what's in their body. They just keep looking outside. So I think the first step for all of us is just to take three breaths and look inside. Like, how are you? What's in this space? And that's that first step of emotional stamina. It's like, acknowledge, you know, like, oh, I feel a little, because if we're not going to acknowledge it, it's actually going to take up so much space. space. You, don't, you don't even realize it, right? And then it'll come out kind of sideways and passive aggressiveness towards your neighbor or your partner, <laughs> mom, your, you know, whomever, you know, like, like we got, we've got to tune in and be like, okay. You know, I'll tell you something. About a year ago, when the pandemic was heating up, I remember there was a moment, like three months into it, we were like really in lockdown. Even though Florida didn't have a strict lockdown, I still stayed home a lot. And I remember I was like looking around my place, and I, I had a plan to go to the store and whatever. And I remember I had four rolls of toilet paper left, and I acted like I had no toilet paper. I started yelling and screaming and running around my place, like venting in in just weird ways. Right? Luckily, I live alone, so until I acknowledge it now, I sound like I was a banshee. But I, I <laughs> you have one of those moments where you just go beside yourself. And you kind of let it out. And then it was my bird that looked at me a certain way that made me realize, okay, you're not acting logical right now. You have four rolls of toilet paper in the house still. You're you didn't bird. run out, but my mind already projected distress to the future moment of me not having any toilet paper. And there's none to exist. You know how many people in our country went and stocked up on their toilet paper probably till, till, till their kids who are five years old graduate high school. Yeah, like, I mean, that's so silly. It's insane, right? It's the funniest thing. But you but, just bring up a really important point. 
because about we manifest what what's in our what's in our we're manifesting you're we're, we're we are the ultimate creators of our reality exactly and so so like today i found myself i actually brought me to tears i just finished my swim and boy oh boy did i need that swim i mean i had all these worries and concerns and things and i was like okay and i just i kept handing it up to god right until they, they started to subside and towards the end of the swim i felt this deep sense of peace and on my drive home, I was listening to music and then I had this like vision of what it would look like for me to have my work make the impact that it was meant to make, you know, and see the, all the, create space. I actually felt myself creating space in my field to receive these people. And then I, I, I envisioned also seeing my bank account as a reflection of that. And like, I literally started to cry. It was so moving and inspiring, but I had to get that worry and that frustration and that upset out of the way before I could even like be in a position to, to, to do that. And, and then later on, I reflected back. I'm like, Oh, I was like, you know, we're, we are strengthening what we're practicing. And that includes the like Banshee, like, <laughs> you know? it only happened once. No, but we're all doing it all day long. Do you realize, I mean, you do realize and that we're repeating these thoughts. We're letting it out helps. Yeah, that's like that's, that's I let it crazy. out, and that was the part that I guess I realized is that I let it out at that moment, and it was no longer inside me. And it was like, hey, I did it in a way where my neighbors might think I'm a little either they think something crazy is going on. Like, in the middle of the day, by the way, it wasn't like 3 a.m. that this happened. But ever since then, I don't, I don't, I don't let things really hit me the same way. Like they don't. I just, I think my patience has increased, and my ability oh, to forgive good. the past. Yeah, that's where I, I find things have you changed. Can, you can write, you can swim, you can run, you can talk to a friend, you can talk to your dog, you can talk to the <laughs> wall, you can do whatever you need to do. I believe that it's like energy in motion, right? Emotions are just energy in motion. And if we don't move it, it's going to stagnate. You know, we've got to, we've got to be able to move it. However that looks with your breath, breath work, everyone's got a different modality that could work for them. You know, it could even be like a bath, right? Just getting into like water helps to actually like, you know, diffuse certain energies. I love that. I want to ask you this. How does our audience find you? If they want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? Sweet. Yeah, no, jennifer-haleen.com. There's a seven-day lifestyle plan you can download. There's some really tasty recipes. I'm really into food. I'm such a foodie, not willing to sacrifice flavor for health. So I have so much fun with food. So there's some great recipes in that, some suggestions on like morning and evening practices, all about resetting your, your body and mind and spirit, because it's really about the integration. So yeah, jennifer-aline.com. And then you can contact me directly as well. There's a contact page there. Jennifer, I thank you for coming on. And I appreciate the fact that you could share such a positive message with us during these uncertain times. And, you know, part of what I love to do for the show is offer various points of view. And you're notable to me because you're exploring your, your coaching practice while also helping so many people that need it right now. And I appreciate that. And I love your insight, like sharing stuff about your personal stuff in the last five years. It, 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 I think it gives a point of reflection for our audience. You know, they can look at you, look at me, and they can hear us saying, yeah, you know what? We have those moments. Just like you have that moment, I have that moment. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it. And you can judge me for it if you want. But trust me, if you try it, let it out. You'll feel better. Just don't do it in the middle of traffic or in the middle of the ball. Pick the right place <laughs> for it, right? If you have yeah. to let it out emotionally. But I, 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 I want to thank you for being able to share. And, 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 and that takes courage and a certain you. special person to explore their passions. Oh, thank you. It's really in service because that's why we're here. And I do want to just mention, I'm guided to just mention that 
expressing it doesn't mean smearing it all over people. It means taking responsibility for it in your own space and time so that you can actually show up for other people in a way that's clear. It's like clearing your own space. And that's what coaches have to do, right? We have to, if we're going to hold space for other people, we've got to clear. And we, but even if you're not a coach, it's really important to do. I, I Thank you. Pale Santo spray to clear in the middle of, you know, energy in the middle of the day. I'll spray that over my head sometimes. I love that. Well, thank you yeah. so much for having me. And I hope that the listeners have gotten pleasure. some value. I just want to thank Jennifer Haleed for coming on the show today and for sharing her insight. Being able to have such an amazing conversation, I think it's so important to have these kind of talks because anyone in the audience is dealing with any kind of setbacks or obstacles or difficulties. It's important to look at it from the context of where you're at and where you're headed, not from where you're coming from. If you look at it in the rearview mirror and you look behind yourself, yeah, you'll get overwhelmed, especially recently. A lot of us would. But if you look forward, it can help. And somebody like a coach like Jen, Jennifer can really make a difference working with you going in the present moment going forward. Obviously, you should pursue getting help from the appropriate licensed mental health professional if you feel like you're dealing with any anxiety, depression, or anything like that. But I, I want to bring this up today because of the point of reference of where we are right now. And going forward, I think you're going to see that with health and nutrition and, and, and putting your goals as priorities, you're going to have knowledge to know that the things that you once put off for so long because you didn't think they were important enough or you just didn't feel like they were something you needed to do, now's the time to do it. If anything that our life has shown us that time is fleeting in our world and we need to take advantage of every moment we have. So if there's a goal that you have, or you want to create a new habit, or you want to improve your lifestyle, pay attention to this episode today, because I think the coaching and the mentoring stuff we discussed is valuable, and it's something that you could really use for your own benefit. Check out Jennifer's website and stay positive, because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love.
available now wherever you listen to music. Electric Acid.